Hello friends, my name is Casey James Brooks and welcome to episode 5 of Frequency, a free exchange podcast of ideas, thoughts, concepts, and information for the compassionate new normal. Our goal is to support the mobilization of spirit and the construction of solidarity while recognizing courage and kindness and maintaining a free-thinking and flexible perspective. This episode will be talking about a number of things, including the very powerful, inspirational, and revolutionary Black Lives Matter movement, the peaceful protest, and the subsequential brutal police oppression against the protesters, and the true instigators of the riots and looting. We also show examples throughout the podcast of willful ignorance to fit a false narrative, and we'll examine the lack of legitimacy within the societal contracts government agencies, and Christian religious leadership. We'll touch base on voter suppression and the concept and movement of defunding the police, along with a potential congressional bill for civilian-led social services corps and the current organization that is the blueprint for it and for potentially many more across the country. We'll also mention a new study that demystifies the main pushback from people who are either against defunding the police or just passively support it. We'll also talk about how people are calling out abusive power of so-called leaders and influencers in local communities within different types of industries. And among a few others, we'll also look how some artists and musicians are speaking out on both sides of this powerful revolutionary movement and some who are not saying a word. And lastly, recognized a few amazing progressive Democratic candidates uh, and inspiring audio clips from them. This is Frequency Podcast, Episode 5. Thank you so much for listening. So it's been three weeks since Episode 4. In that episode, um, I just played multiple audio clips for the from the first week and a half of the Black Lives Matter protest. You know, it just felt like the right thing to do, and um, I was also just so angry that I was having trouble concentrating enough to even get you know sentences out. And I'm still fucking angry. And I you know attempted to start this episode last week, and I just ended up yelling, <laughs> losing my cool. So I promise I'm going to do my best not to do that today. Um, This episode may be a little longer than usual. um, And I will have some new inspiring and and challenging audio clips scattered within the episode that are relevant to the subject that I'll be talking about. Now there's a lot um, I'm going to cover today. And to be quite honest, it's just scraping the surface. I've, I've really been struggling to finding out what to address first rabbit holes on so many aspects of the subjects regarding this revolution are endless. Um, So please bear with me. I've been trying to uh, calibrate my outrage meter while identifying the humanitarian priorities that that I want to learn about more um, and focus my energy towards. So we all witnessed just brutal and criminal behavior from the police across this nation during these protests. Um, It was horrendous. There's just too many examples to list, and it was constant, and it was all just horrible. It was hard to watch. 
um, this, this isn't anything new we haven't seen before, but the excessive amount in such a small period of time is just extraordinary. You know, and it just showed that our government is is more prepared and willing to go to war with its own people than it is to provide humanitarian aid and to help us survive um, a, a pandemic and an economic depression. Eye-opening. You know, it's horrific, <clears throat> and to anyone with a shred of empathy, it's extremely traumatizing. It was traumatizing to me, and I'm a grown-ass man. So I can only imagine what it's like for children. Um, it was just trauma on top of trauma. The, the mental health ramifications um, about this and seeing all this police brutality is just... It's going to last, last decades and, and lifetimes. And if you're empathetic, um, the world is just is, is very exhausting right now. Normal coping mechanisms aren't working. And if you're having trouble observing all this without breaking down, just know that you're not alone. I've, I've broken down a few times in the last few weeks. Um, let it be not okay. I know that that goes against your instincts, but... And the universe maybe needs us to sit with this, um, with this uncomfortableness for a while, you know. And I'm not even going to address the ones um, that say, "Well, what about the looting?" It's just not worth my energy. But I will touch base on how it started a little later. So it's like watching a re re these a repeats of riots and brutality before in our nation's history. We've seen these before. This movement is powerful. This, the protests are powerful. The outrage of so many people is powerful. I can't just extend that enough. Um, this momentum unfortunately had to come from horrible humanitarian crimes and collectively we all will not put up with the suppression any longer. You know, and. I've heard this many times as, as all the information that I've absorbed in the last three weeks is, has been constant. Um, but it's been said before that this time feels different. The, the, the weaponizing of solidarity of, of, of people of all colors and genders is just so inspiring. And that word doesn't even really do it justice. Inspiring. Um, young and old alike are marching alongside each other during a pandemic because the proverbial humanitarian line has been fucking crossed and there is no turning back. Progress will continue. It, it will continue. And just because your Facebook or Instagram feed is somewhat seems to be back to what it you know, was before doesn't mean that momentum is lost. Um, like it has been, unfortunately, many times before. This just feels different. This time, the younger generation is not going to let this continue. They're the heroes. They are the fucking heroes. The last three to four weeks has just been like a roller coaster of inspiration, then trauma, and then inspiration, then trauma. It'll, you're going to be all right. What we are witnessing, though, is, is history. And it, it really comes down to each of us individually to decide how we're going to Help the cause however we can. But your voice, know that your voice is your weapon and you have solidarity behind you. So do not be afraid. Speak on it.
We promise there are people who are behind you to support you. You know, uncomfortable conversations have to happen. Can you just the, the thought of the kids and, and adults, but kids are learning more in these past three weeks, three or four weeks about black history than they have in 12 years of schooling. Because you're not taught that. I learned some shit that I didn't know. I thought, I was like, I'm pretty well informed. No, there's a lot. So there's just such a momentum and, it, and it's so strong that it's palatable. But with any momentum, there's always pushback, and that pushback is also stronger than ever and at a severe, aggressive levels. And we all need to be very aware of that, and I'll take a look at that a little bit later in this podcast as well. So there's just so much to say about this that I tend to get lost and off track and lose concentration. So with that said, we, we will come back to this and continue to talk about this. Um, but for now, let's let's move on. God's wonderful breathing system out the door if we have a second wave i feel it will be due to masking healthy citizens i will not tolerate putting a muzzle on my mouth to keep me from speaking to people to keep me from from them seeing my smile it literally is killing people and my the people we the people are waking up and we know what citizens arrest is because citizens arrests are already happening okay and every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. How will young children be able to know who the dangerous deviants are, like pedophiles and people in the human sex trafficking? I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't un wear underwear. Things gotta breathe. I'm also the daughter of somebody who lived through Germany. You're forcing people to wear masks, they were forced to wear a star. No, I'm not wearing it. You're gonna have to hold me down and put it on. Jesus. Thought about not playing that clip, but it was just too crazy not to. So COVID cases are at extremely dangerous levels in many states. And Arizona, where I happen to live, uh, happens to be one of those states. Um, there's more cases right now than March and April combined. Um, th th just massive failure of leadership at the state level. And some local levels, mostly the state, are open date um, was moved up, coincidentally, right after Trump came and visited a mass factory. Um, Ducey, our, our governor, is a, a fucking puppet. Has just shown so much failure as a leader um, to follow Trump's lead. Um, in his smug response, as he told us, you know, if you get sick, we have a bed for you. That's the plan. Well, guess what? we're running out of bed space so due to willful ignorance it's about to get way way worse and he played politics with this virus the virus is winning and it honestly it didn't have to be that way now this may seem extreme to some but trump and ducey and many other republican governors are basically accomplices to mass murder by ignoring science and making it a political um leverage for their re-election in their own grotesque self-interest it's just that way so let's address the people like the ones we just heard in that audio clip you know people are not wearing masks in public because of their freedom to do so and it's in uh, wearing one is infringing upon that um they also say you know i'm healthy i'm okay exposing myself by not wearing a mask they won't even acknowledge that the 
the fact that they can infect others while being asymptomatic. These just massive, fragile egos that freak out on the most minor inconvenience that, by the way, is helping them not kill someone, literally. This isn't extreme. It's just how it is. It doesn't take but a five fucking minute Google Drive to learn that it's mostly spread by micro droplets just from speaking, not by screaming, just by speaking these micro droplets. Um, normal speaking, and, and they can float around a room and infect people coming in and going out. And so, and from what I understand, these droplets hit your nose receptors and, you know, hello, COVID. Now, could completely understand this virus wasn't spread human to human and they weren't you know taking their own health risks by not wearing a mask but they aren't even acknowledging that they can spread it to others so it's not a legitimate conversation when both sides um and even common logic aren't involved it's just it's so infuriating it's like learning to ride a bike but then not needing to know how to work the brakes right so you wear a mask because you have a basic care about other people's health and safety. They just don't grasp that simple fact. Um, you know, it's it's seen as patriotic not to give a shit about your fellow human beings. Their view is not legitimate. That argument is not legitimate. It's just not fucking legitimate. The callousness of basic human consideration of your fellow man. And again, these are the people that tout their patriotism and their love of the Lord. Fuck you, wear a mask. So these white supremacists, these right-wing extremists, Boogaloo movement, Proud Boys, whatever the fuck they want to call themselves, um, they want to have these protests turn into a race war. Um, this pushback of this you know, beautiful, peaceful protest movement it's the white supremacy's defense mechanism. So just because we haven't seen or heard about them in the news the last few days doesn't mean that they aren't plotting. I'm not trying to be paranoid, but um, the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement is, in their perspective, is their race war wet dream. It's what they've been prepping for. That's why they call them preppers, right? These fake-ass vigilantes um, started rumors uh, the other, I think, I don't know, time is kind of melding together but maybe a week ago um of black lives matter protesters traveling in mass to rural areas so they can show up armed as if they're protecting communities right it's just such small dick energy um and these white supremacists and some of them are cops off-duty cops they they're the ones that created the violence during these protests and made it look like the destruction of property that then started the looting was caused by the protesters um in which the media still hasn't fully acknowledged. So I understand that they weren't the only ones, right? There probably were a few protesters that did that. Um, but I saw video after video after video of coordinated white men and women in dressed the same in tactical gear, uh, breaking windows, starting fires, and their main motivation was to sow chaos in order to give these pol the police their false narrative in order to bring out the oppressive brutality against the protesters in, in military gear and tanks, right? And the patriotic right, <clears throat> they say, is they're crying about the destruction of the property and how could the looters, you know, these lawless looters, how could these protests do that? 
<clears throat> they won't even acknowledge um, who incited it. So fuck your double standard. You know, it's just we're not playing on it. We're not on a pl fair playing field here. Um, and unfortunately, they're going to continue to create and commit crimes just so Trump and the GOP can say, don't defund the police because we need protection against this. Right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. These hardcore racists are like emboldened and very excitable in this moment in time. And the ones that <clears throat> maybe weren't so overt with their racism now feel free to express the true selves. It's like this weight's been lifted off. But I think a lot of them are also really fucking scared. Um, and they won't ever admit to that. But it's sort of like a caged animal that's cornered. It's going to come out fighting, right? So some of them have zero shame in their game. Um, and others don't, but at least now they're being exposed. We're seeing who they are. And I can't tell you how many videos I saw online of people just doing and saying really horrible racist shit. And then the online community goes and finds out who they are, where they work. And then they continue to bombard their place of employment with calls and emails telling them about their racist employee. And they get fucking fired. As they should. Um, it's like these people just can't contain their racist and fascist views anymore. It's just bursting out of the seams. As horrific and traumatic as this whole thing is, it's, it, it, just little wins like that feel good. They can't do that. Um, so just please be careful. These people are fucking crazy. I just saw a road rage video this morning. If someone acts like this aggressively around you, just please film it because they need to be called out and just be safe. So where are the Christian leaders? Why aren't they calling these people out, right? What the fuck would Jesus say? What would Jesus say? Yeah, I do not describe to those beliefs, but I do like his views on a few things. And, I'm, you know, I've learned enough about the man just to get the gist of, of his teachings. And I, and I came to one conclusion that Jesus was not a fascist or a racist um, so Trump was at a church about four miles from my apartment last week, was it this week, um, for a rally and the crowd cheered and prompted him to call COVID Kung flu. He was also saying, um, it's just, again, it's just going to miraculously just up and go away. I'm sure you saw, maybe saw the video. The church also claimed that they had some COVID-curing new AC unit. Um, and outside, there was a peaceful protest um, at the white young people's Klan rally. And police showed up in riot gear uh, with flashbangs and pepper balls after deeming the protest unlawful. So that's how they start. I mean, they, it's it was it was hard to watch. So, question being is, what the fuck ever happened to separation of church and state? If churches, I think the churches that hold political rallies need to lose their tax-exempt status. I mean, personally, I think all of them should. But that's another whole other episode to itself. So at the Oklahoma rally, Trump also said, you know, slow the testing down, please. And his puppets thought it was a joke. And he says, I don't joke. That's not a joke. So to these Christians, please explain to your God-loving children how that's right, how that's the right thing to do. And I'd like to hear about, I'd like to hear that. So, you know, fuck your false equivalency and your willful, selfish, childish, small-minded ignorance. 
And to you so-called real Christians, fuck you too. You should be yelling at the loudest about his association with your religion. He is delegitimizing everything it's ever stood for and spoken about. So where are you at? Uh, you know, so frustrating. So um, the double standard is just so glaring. I'm going to play a few audio clips, starting with um, Malcolm Gladwell giving you a brief explanation of legitimacy, and then a segment of a previous audio clip I played in the last episode of Cornell West um, commenting on legitimacy. It's just so good. I could listen to it over and over again. So I'll be back with you on the other side of these. That people will obey when they feel they are being treated legitimately. Now, what does that mean? Legitimacy has three prongs. The first is that uh, is respect. We believe a law or a leader to be legitimate when we feel we're treated with respect, when we feel we're listened to, when if we have a problem, we can speak up and be heard. The second prong of legitimacy is fairness. We believe we're being treated legitimately when we don't feel we're being treated any differently from our neighbors. Our neighbor's not getting some special deal that we're not getting, where the law applies equally to all. And the third principle of legitimacy is trustworthiness. We believe that the law is legitimate, or leaders are legitimate, when we feel they can be trusted, when we feel they're not going to we're not you know, going to wake up one morning and find that all the laws have been changed or the principles under which we're being treated have been changed, when there isn't some arbitrary element to the way authority is expressed. When we feel there's, there's trust behind the system, we'll accept that as legitimate, right? But the, the failures of the predatory capitalist economy to provide the satisfaction of the basic needs of food and health care and quality education, jobs with a decent wage. At the same time, the collapse of your political class, the collapse of your professional class, their legitimacy has been radically called into question, and that's multiracial. It's the neo-fascist dimension in Trump. It's the neoliberal dimension in Biden and Obama and the Clintons and so forth. And it includes much of the media. It includes much, many of the professors in universities. The young people are saying, you all have been hypocritical. You haven't been concerned about our suffering, our misery, and we no longer believe in your legitimacy. And it spills over into violent explosions. So with all this happening, what's happening is we're being shown that the legitimacy of our democracy is crumbling from the top, middle, and the bottom. Our societal contract has lost its legitimacy. Multiple government agencies have lost their legitimacy. Um, you know, before any real change can happen, there has to be an admission that every branch of this government, from executive, legislative, and judicial, is is systemically broken and systematically tied to the exploitation of the poor and prison slave work to serve corporate profits. It's been happening right in front of us. Um, billionaires are making the most money ever while we're all about to see a wave of people becoming homeless. It's like we're just, we're just finishing waxing our surfboard. We haven't even begun to paddle out to catch this wave this wave of economic destruction that's about to happen you know emergency unemployment benefits are going to stop 
and the Republican dinosaur bitches about how some people are actually making more than they did before, you know. But on $15 an hour, that's maybe about two to $300 extra a week during a fucking pandemic, right? So they've been looting society for years and decades, um, but they can't handle it that unemployed people are making a couple hundred dollars a fucking week. Again, just disgusting. So just think of all the bankruptcies from people that are going to get hospital bills that have no insurance after being lucky enough not to die from the virus or the ones that have been injured um, from the police during peaceful protesting. And even with the people with insurance, these are detrimental financial hardships during record unemployment and a time where people are dying in, from a pandemic. So this is just a, this is going to be a long-term financial hell for so many people, and it won't stop. And it's all the people that are the most vulnerable. But by God, by God they shouldn't be making you know, $200 more a week, right, Larry Kudlow? You piece of fucking shit. Told myself I wasn't going to get angry. So I'm doing the best I can, I promise. But think about this in the coming months. Um, how many people will become homeless due to losing their jobs um, because of this pandemic? And our lady leaders telling them to you know pull up their bootstraps and just get back to work. It's it, When you think about it, it's grotesque. I listened to a podcast a few days ago, and I, I can't remember which one because I've just listened to so many um, the last few weeks. But they interviewed a number of people who have lost their jobs due, the, due to the pandemic and just the dire situations that they described was absolutely fucking heartbreaking. It was another time that I, I broke down. So these greedy motherfuckers have no legitimacy. 